brothers, my sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened by much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. So I have a question for everyone to think of. What is your needed thing? Email, text, on-demand TV, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. All of those things are in our lives and they can be a big distraction and can keep us from the one needed thing. The one thing that Jesus asked Martha to think about. What is the better part? What is the one needed thing? Being present, listening, and being attentive to God. And I think we all can be Martha, can't we? Busy, distracted, worried, anxious. Martha's intentions were good, but... And she was showing hospitality and welcoming Jesus into her home, but the details clouded her. The details kind of got in the way of what she was really there for, to give hospitality to Jesus, to listen to Jesus, and to be with him. And then there she is, getting upset with her sister Mary, crying out to Jesus, telling him to help her. She was worried and anxious, not unlike all of us. But we also can be a Mary, being present to people, to pondering, to listening. Those are the important things that we can do. Those are the important things that we need to do as disciples of Jesus. And often it is not the busy work that's important, it's the slowing down, it's listening. The one thing needed is to be attentive to the essential things. The essential things. When we do them out of love, when we do them to serve purposely, it transforms us into the people that God wants us to be. So on Monday, first day back to work after a week's vacation, we were way over the weekend and I went to go start the car. You know, I'm all ready. I got extra prepared Sunday night because I have to get back, back to work. Go in, 
Car doesn't work. Battery's dead. We left the interior light on. We were away for the weekend, and we left the interior light on the car all weekend. <coughs> so I call into my house to my 20-year-old son who's back from college. He'll help me, right? <laughs> well, he got out of bed. <laughs> he was in bed still. And uh, he jumped out of the house, and we had these little mini cable. They weren't going to do the job, but we tried it. We, we tried it. So it didn't work. So aggravated, I said, I think I, the only thing I can do, and I'm thinking of all the traffic because I'm going to be delayed, this is not the way I wanted to start my week. So I called AAA, and I did think to myself, it's going to take at least an hour for them to come to situate. It's situates to the other side of the world. So I go into the house getting kind of really annoyed and settled in for the long wait. And I'm not kidding. Just as I walked in the door, the phone rang, and it's the AAA number. They said that the AAA truck would be there in five minutes. So I look out. I turn around, and I look out in the driveway, and there he is. The truck is pulled right next to my car. And he jumps out and he says with enthusiasm, he says, I was just down on Surfside Road. How about that? I don't know if he gets paid for being so quick, but I, he, was, he, was, he was with pride that he had come so quick. And I was very happy he was there. So he takes out his little uh, meter and the big heavy-duty cables, and of course the thing starts up immediately. I was happier, but he was even more happier because he said this was going to be a good week. He was leaving on vacation to go to uh, Point Sebago up in Maine. Now, I, with my family, 10 years ago, we spent five straight years going the same second week of July, the same people, uh, the kids loved it. It's a great place for families. And he was looking forward to seeing all the people that, tra that go up there on the same week every year. And he's made some good friends over the year. And then he said, said, this one's going to be different. He said, before he had driven into my driveway, his girlfriend had called him and told him he was going to be a father for the first time. I was the first person he was telling. He was so happy. He was so grateful. And we we went on for another 10 minutes about fatherhood and the excitement and the joy that the new baby would have and what it would mean to his life. So it started out as a big aggravation for me, a big distraction. The one needed thing that that AAA guy needed was for me to listen to him, to be present to him, and to celebrate his joy. Abraham and Sarah, there they were. They were being in this reading, both Martha and Mary, quickly preparing the food. And it wasn't just a little food, it was a feast. Yet at the same time, they were preparing to bathe the feet of their guests, to put them and have them rest under the tree. They were being attentive to both their hunger and their need to rest and slow down. Last month, I took a little time to rest and slow down. Annually, I go on a retreat with other deacons in Boston. And it was down at Enders Island in Connecticut. 
And the director of the retreat is Father Peter Grover. He's a pastor over at St. Clement's Shrine near the Fenway in Boston. And he's a priest that, for me, always seems to tell the right story. So here's his story. He tells of a time when, in his priesthood, he was all work and no prayer, a little prayer. His work had become a distraction to his prayer, and he had lost track of the one needed thing. So he went to see an old-time priest, old friend of his, and he says he had a big white beard. He called him the Santa Claus priest. And he asked, and the and Santa Claus priest asked him, he says, how are you doing? And Father Peter says, oh, he says, I'm tired. I never get any rest. I'm anxious, I'm worried about all the things that I need to do. It seems that I never get it done. But the Santa Claus priest was more interested in showing him something in the rectory. So at the foyer of the rectory, there was a jar about this big. And it was half full with jelly beans. And he said that it was very interesting to observe how people retrieve jelly beans from that jar. Some take one at a time, or others just put their hand in and they grab a bunch. But at the end of the day, that jar is usually empty, and he has to refill it. Father Peter didn't really understand what he was talking about, but the wisdom of the priest came out at what he said. He said, the reason I wanted you to see this is because you are the jelly bean jar. And right now, you are empty. Philip. He went on to tell him that he felt Father Peter was doing important work with the church and that the most important thing he needed to do was make sure that his job was full. He said, you can't give what you don't have. Some is a time where we slow down a little bit also a time when we can refill our own jelly bean job because we can't give what we don't have finally I think after the last few weeks we can all agree that the one needed thing that this world needs now is peace peace from anxiety peace from distress persecution racism, hate, and particularly the violence. We've seen this in so many places, in so many ways. It seems that no one is sheltered from this storm against humanity. I remember after the Boston Marathon bombings, and I was driving along the expressway, right there at the Savin Hill Bridge, someone had posted on the bridge the prophetic words of that young boy, Martin Richard, of Dorchester. And all it was was five words. No more hurting people. Peace. Isn't that our one needed thing? I know at a lot of times, at a time like this, 
words seem to escape us. And with our children, and even with ourselves, it's hard to explain all of this injustice. But I think we need to listen and ponder and be present to each other at times like this. And we also need to pray. I'd like to end with a prayer that a liturgist at, in San, Diego, San Jose wrote that I came across on Facebook, but the words, I think, fit us at this time. Prayer in time of violence. I have to admit, God, that sometimes it's hard to even call your name. On days like this, I can't help but think that if you had been there, we wouldn't be here. Here in a world where so much violence has changed everything. Here, where such bloodshed fills today's news, even as many more die each day alone. But here is where we need you. And here is where we cry to you. Be with us, Lord, be here. Let us be angry for what has been done, but don't let us be consumed by it. That we no longer recognize ourselves as your creation. Give peace to the children. Unbind them from the bonds of grief and fear that we may become again. Children of joy, children of love, children of trust, and children of hope. And not today, Lord, but in time, if there is any room in our hearts to forgive, so let it be. But we all need, we all need to be created again. Be with us, Lord, be here. Right where we are, as broken as we are. Be with us, Lord, be here. No more hurting people. Peace. And we ask this prayer to Christ our Lord.
I need you, that's when I need you, Lord. 